You're listening to another episode of the official British Motor Show podcast for 2021. Brought to you by the Podcast Guys. Enjoy the show. So here we are back in the pod cab and walking down the pink carpet is no other than legendary motoring journalist, amongst other things, Mike Rutherford. Welcome to the pod cab. Dan, nice to see you again. Great to be here. What a... It's brilliant. You've got to be in it. <laughs> You've got to be in to it. To believe it. It's, I love it, though. You love the pink... Have you ever walked down a pink carpet before? Not before, um, but uh, not many red carpets either. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Now, uh, it was announced yesterday uh, that you are not just... Uh, another motoring journalist that was here on trade day you you've actually got a bigger part to play at the british motor show uh you are now the president i understand yeah for the next two years they've appointed me uh uh the president of the show on the grounds that i've been the motoring journalist um more than any other probably uh that has been banging on in on radio in in writing in auto express and any anywhere and to anyone who will listen really uh saying we've got to have a british motor show and i don't mind saying this there's an organization called the society of motor manufacturers and traders sure that used to have the rights to the motor show in places like the nec in birmingham and yep. Oscar, and they've sort of walked away from it and it's taken the entrepreneur uh andy entwistle yes no relation to the bass player yeah. in uh, Genesis uh, in The Who uh, incidentally I'm no relation to uh, Mike Rutherford in Genesis um, and uh, you know it's taken him and his company Automation to get it off the ground and I've helped them a lot over the years Brilliant. to try and do it it was all a punt on our part it sure. wasn't done for it wasn't done for financial reward you know there's a lot of money at stake here sure uh, but it's off the ground and there's a little recognition of all that work that I did uh, they've made me El Presidente fantastic how should I address you is it a I, sir I, I think El Pre- this, uh, I, I, I've got this kind of uh, Mexican South American <laughs> image of El Presidente I quite like that I like Grand Mastosh oh I like uh, that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I like that idea yeah. very good yeah. uh, so how good is it to be back with the British Motor after 12 long years do you know what I honestly you're probably thinking oh he's a bit precious by saying this but I love seeing all these mums and dads walking around with their kids. Yeah. Because I think going to a motor show is a rite of passage for a sure. kid. Um, and I, I, I know that my mother used to love it when my dad used to take me off to the motor show and she used to get a day on her own away from us. Yeah. <laughs> and I did the same with my kids. And, um, and long may it continue. Absolutely. And that pleases me. And look, this is a massive industry. Creates hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jobs. It does. I heard a figure yesterday, just in the motor trade, the dealerships, we're talking about 600,000, 700,000 reasonably well-paid jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so we've got to support an industry as big as this. Especially one that is evolving so rapidly like oh. the motor trade. Because, you know, in the, in the lead up to 2030 and, of course, 2050, two big major milestones that the government want to put on us globally as well. Global governments want to do the same thing. The motor tra- industry is, is, is evolving at such a rapid rate of knots, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I heard it said by somebody in the know that in the space of 12 months, there's more stuff going on or will go on in a, you can pack it into a year or two than in the previous hundred sure. years and I, I don't disbelieve it uh, yeah, same. Uh, because there's tons going on that we don't even know about sure. some of the things that I've seen in Japan and Korea when I've gone to the big car companies over there you just wouldn't believe it I'm not even going to bother talking about it because it, it's almost like uh, it's almost like what's the point because if it happens it'll be in 10-20 years time anyway but you know I remember 
it must have been at the end. So I'm going back now 20 years. I remember Honda said we we stepped out of this uh, this hotel in the, at their own test track. Yeah. And um, and I said, where are the cars? And the, this guy in a white coat, this Japanese uh, engineer, come scientist, said to me, um, we haven't clapped your hands yet. Clap, clap hands. Right. Yeah. I said, don't be so ridiculous. I'm not clapping mine. What for? <laughs> I'll clap it my hands if I like it. Yeah. No, no, clap hand now. So I do this and the car appears because it responded to the hand clap. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, we've all been in that that, that, um, nightmare situation at an airport where you're queuing up to get your hire car. No, you turn up, you've got a token, you clap your hands and it comes to you. Wow. That's just one tiny example. The Koreans are even nuttier. Um, (laughs) So, you know, there's so much going on and therefore you've got to, just to stay in touch, you've got to be at a thing like this. Yeah, the innovation. Is, is, is incredible and you can see a lot of it here yeah and also uh, learn to steer clear of innovation as well sure we've all been in that situation where we can't work something it's so damn complicated yes and some sat nav systems at the moment i don't mind naming names volkswagen group have introduced these new sat nav systems that are so damn complicated yeah that you know just upping the fan on the on the ventilation heating system means taking a lot of time with your hand off the wheel and your eyes off the road yeah wrong 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 definitely keep it simple definitely Uh, now when i caught up with you yesterday um you said something that's not said to me very often you said um i've lost a mclaren did you find it yeah we we found it it was it wasn't a problem because it was only a mclaren it was only worth three hundred and twelve thousand pounds it's on the best cars of the year stand good uh we put it pride of place um i have to say the de- we should do a piece about delivery companies because we're we all have to live with delivery companies sure. whether it's a little fella in a van who leaves something on your doorstep or it's uh, somebody who's delivering a mclaren on the back of a trailer yeah, yeah. and decides to just dump it in a field didn't even put it on tarmac wow and um <laughs> give the keys to somebody else who didn't tell me and uh but these things happen in the car business. Sure. I mean, in my book, which I hope you're going to be talking to me about very soon, yes. I'll recite the story of when I was at Ferrari um, a little while ago, uh, a few years ago, and uh, my dear friend Tim Watson, we lost him last year, but he was the British guy who was the PR director for Ferrari. Okay. He said, look, just go up to the end of the production line, have a chat with the guys, just grab any car you want and just go out for a drive in the mountains. So I thought, this is, you know, one of the best yeah. days of my life. Yeah. So I did all that. But he said, oh, and as you go out, give the give the guy this docket so i'm driving out and the bloke um the the security guard was chatting up some lady uh, the coffee lady or something ignoring me so i just drove out yeah a few hours later i came back and said um you know lift the barrier what's all why isn't he lifting the barrier i'm returning a car (laughs) that's on trade plates for sure and he said "Um, no he's looking at his form no and he said uh um I've got no ticket. I've got no, I've got the half of the docket. Wow. And I said, uh, well, that's because you were talking to that lady and I just went through the barrier. He said, he said, you didn't leave. If you didn't leave, you can't come back. That is incredible, isn't it? So I rang, uh, who was in his office, Tim Watson, the PR director, and yeah. I told him about this and he said, there's no way you can get that thing back in if you, if you didn't, if he hasn't got a docket to match the exit. <laughs> wow. And I said, what do you suggest I do? He said, well, you know the way to Calais. 
Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and that's stuff like that happens all the time sure. in the car business. Yeah. Cars yeah. get lost. Cars fall off boats. Cars, well, you know, there's that's a, another story. There's a, well, there is a book in that, and there's a, yeah. there's definitely a podcast series in that as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into your book in a second, but you're here with the best cars of the year yeah. stand. It's obviously new to the Motor Show because it's never, you know, it hasn't been done in 12 years. Yeah. Tell us more about best cars of the year stand. Well, the reason for it is that um, there's increasing evidence. You know, data is a huge thing these days, and sure. you could even argue that media companies are really data companies nowadays. Yeah. And the lines between between dealerships and media outlets are very blurred. That's why, you know, Cinch, yes. for example, will, will will be able to give you some sort of car reviews sure. because you, you sort of don't need the magazines like you used to. So there's all this crossflow. But the clear thing is that people search yeah. more than anything else. Best yeah. car, best yeah. cars. Very true. Best cars for families, best cars for single bloke. Yep. Best cars for mums and dads. Best cars for range on electric yeah. vehicles, things like that. Yeah. And so... And we managed to get the bestcarsoftheyear.com domain name. Brilliant. And all the similar names around it. And um, and what we want to do uh, is identify... Sim- do you know what? I'm involved with something called the World Car Awards. Um, and I've been a juror on that for 12, 13 years. I'm a former chairman. Okay. I'm now the chairman... Chairman Emeritus, and I asked I asked a lawyer what, what Chairman Emeritus means. He said, "Oh, that means they don't want you anymore." Oh. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you get, sure but, but you get a fancy <laughs> business card. Um, yeah, so it's you know former chairman, um, and with some of these awards programs, certain cars don't even qualify, can't qualify on the grounds they're too expensive. Right. Or they didn't come out at the right time. You can't sure. punish them. No, of course not. So what we're going to do is we're going to get uh, a group of people. We're going to include journalists, but journalists shouldn't have a monopoly yep. on car awards. So we're going to bring in car designers, um, some of them very well-known, legendary car ah. designers, some recently retired car company bosses, director level, okay. people like that, people like Tim Shaw yeah. from uh, Wheeler Dealers. Brilliant. And if it's all right with you, yeah. we'd like you on board. Oh, my. Well, I, I tell you, what, I'd be honoured. I'd be absolutely well, honoured. let's do it. And you'll be on that list with others. And... On the grounds that you're a media person, you're not like you, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the typical yeah. car journalist, sure. and you're involved in the industry like that, and that's what we want. We even want to bring in some members of the public. Fantastic. So when the website's up and running next week, which is uh, going to be uh, bestcarsoftheyear.com, yep. we want to include all the pictures, maybe even a little bit of footage sure, sure. from the show, and then perhaps members of the public can drop us a line and explain to us why they think yes. they should be... Uh, on board as judges, jurors, and executioners. And we won't tell you, oh, you've got to decide between this car and this car and this car. It's very simple. What does this year mean to you? You know in your own head what the year is to you. It doesn't necessarily have to be January the 1st to December 31st. You know what your year is. What's the best car of the year? And just say it. So it's one phone call, one email, and you do it. Love it. Well, I'd be absolutely delighted to help. And, You're in. And, and, and based on that, let's say, we've got to spread the word. We've got to really tell everyone about this, bestcarsoftheyear.com. Uh, and I would love to, as the podcast guys, help you promote that. Uh, so we'll do we'll do lots of footage. We'll do lots of filming whilst we're here at the Motor Show. And we'll help you get the, you spread the word out on social media, video, podcasts, whatever we can do to help. And do you know what? It's also one of those names and one of those ideas. It could mean anything to anyone. Andy Entwistle, the boss of the British Motor Show, is involved as a judge. Sure. And he's got big plans for it. I was speaking today, and I exaggerate not, I was speaking today to our man who's running uh, 
uh, Tokyo office. Okay. He happens yeah. to be an Australian. His name's Peter Lyon. He's a very distinguished, distinguished uh, Aussie journalist who's lived in Japan for 30 odd years, speaks fluent Japanese. Brilliant. We've got Japanese jurors as well. Fantastic. So it's going to be different. Yep. And it's going to be disruptive. And that's what we like. Brilliant. Don't we? Uh, a yeah. bit of positive disruption. Positive disruption. I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Uh, so pleasure to help you with that. And great to be on board. Um, let's talk about your book then. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us. Here's your chance. Well, the title is the key to it. And um, I've been told by the publisher to really keep stum with the title. And uh, and it's even if I say so myself. I'm pretty proud of that title of that book. Okay. And it took a lot of work to get to come up with it and to get the domain name for it. So we can't, gonna, we can't get a world exclusive. Uh, no, but I tell you what, I promise you, uh, this time at the show, uh, we're talking 52 weeks from now. Okay. 51 weeks and five days from now. <laughs> um, we're going to be launching it here. Fantastic. And, um, and you'll be the first to... Uh, oh, amazing. Get Mike. a copy. Amazing. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll give some... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be giving some some away at the show as well. But it's going to be about my exploits around the world, the car companies I've visited, the places I've been, uh, how I went to places like Korea in the nineteen mid nineteen eighties. Wow. I mean, it was wow. a different world of course, then. Of course, and I predicted these companies called Kia and Hyundai were going to be doing big things. Daewoo, I don't know if you remember them. I remember Day. I, you know, I had a Daewoo video player. There you <laughs> go. Believe it or not. They, they, well, I'm. I knew the. Um, there was a man called Wu Chung Kim, yeah. who was the uh, the the man who founded Daewoo. He was a peasant kid from the streets really? of Seoul uh -huh. who went hungry as a child in the aftermath wow. of the Korean War and the Japanese occupation, and he he went from that to being Mr. Dayu. Wow. And I actually went to his house and, and I, I wrote an article about how I travelled in one day um, on, a, on an aircraft uh, uh, and what all these things had in common. They were all made by Dayu. Wow. And then I was taken to a golf course. I don't play golf, but I was taken to a Dayu golf course. I was then taken to a Dayu hotel. I then drank. I then bathed in Daewoo water <laughs> because they are the local water company. And that's the amazing thing about these huge corporations that they do do everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he invited us actually, me and one or two other people, uh, to he, what he described as his place for dinner. Yeah. Which people like Richard Branson do yeah, that. He, sure. I think he's got a little house. Well, quite a nice house in North London. Yeah. But when he invited us to his place for dinner, it was the entire top floor of the Hilton Hotel in wow. Seoul. The, wow. So that would have been dozens of rooms. Imagine Fantastic. the place that'd be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was because the Dayu, uh, the Hilton Hotel in Seoul is owned by the Dayu, was built Incredible. and owned by the Dayu Corporation. Incredible. So all these sort of things. When I drove from Paris to Beijing yeah. um, on the... On the Paris-Beijing rally, yeah. where I drove across Kazakhstan for days and days and days, and thought the world can't be this big. We can't keep driving yeah, day in day sure, out. Sure. All that sort of stuff. All the interesting people I met along the way, motorsport stuff, and I'll also be giving a little guide to driving in each country. Yeah. Um, you know, here's a little tip. Anyone going on holiday next year? I'd like to. Well, yeah, we'd all like to. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know? And I heard this fairly recently. Somebody. Uh, was got stopped twice okay. in America shortly after there was a it wasn't 9-11 but it was a similar kind of incident sure and the second cop was quite a nice guy right and he said to him why did you do this and he said uh, what do you mean why you know people get stopped he said but it's happened twice in three or four days yeah 
And he said, well, you haven't, you're not flying an American car, flag on your car. Wow. So that means maybe you're not so patriotic. Wow. No, just a little one dollar, one dollar US flag yeah. goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, and little tips like that from around the world. Very good. Yeah. And like uh, yeah. And the other thing is, um, don't drive from Paris to Beijing. Okay. Because when it's you hit the Chinese way. border, they won't let you in. They won't let you in uh, until you register your car to the Chinese authority, the Chinese DVLA. Okay. Uh, so we were stuck on the border for a couple of days, and then some very nice ladies came along wearing jackets and, and blouses and ties, yeah. and yeah. they and they they removed our German number plates because we were driving Mercedes, sure, sure. and they screwed on the the uh, Chinese plates. So all that kind of wacky stuff, but also some practical tips about if you visit these countries, yeah. um, you know, here's some do's and don'ts. How long did it take you to drive from Paris to Beijing? It was about. Four weeks, but in the end, we were all like zombies. Oh, can and, you imagine? And, and actually, my favourite story from that whole trip, because there's nothing to say about Kazakhstan that sure. is of any interest at all, because it is one of the biggest countries in the world. The most interesting thing about Kazakhstan is the Aral Sea, which right. where the Russians nicked all the water. Right. Um, they, they basically took a pipeline. So it was an oh, inland gosh. sea. Right. So it's a dry bed. So 20... Wow. 20-odd miles from the shore, there were these boats just on the seabed. <laughs> because those pesky Russians yeah. nicked the water. Nick the water. And stuff like that. But uh, the, the, it's so funny that we should be sitting in the back of your cabin, I'm saying this story, because the highlight of my day, whether we were in Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Tuzmekistan, or wherever yeah. we were, or in the west of China, which was pretty hellish, I have to say, rural China, every morning when we woke up, I made a beeline for a French taxi driver who'd won a Mercedes taxi in a competition. Right. On condition that he joined in this exercise to drive from Paris to Beijing. You know, yeah. you've got to play the game with yeah, that sort of sure, thing, right? Sure. So he gets a free cab. All he's got to do is drive it to uh, to Beijing and then they're going to fly it back to Paris for him. The other thing they asked him to do was put the meter on. Okay, right. So the highlight of my morning, every morning <laughs> after I did some rotten cup of coffee, was uh, Pierre, what's on the meter today? And he said, you're the only one who asked, who cares? And I said to him, I care, yeah. because what did our day's driving cost yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the last time I asked him, we were almost at Beijing, and his meter was up to about 8,700 euros. Sounds like a good deal, isn't it? Actually, it wasn't bad. It was, bad. It was less than I thought. Um, but uh, he wasn't Brilliant. He wasn't having a good time of it, Pierre. He no. wanted to be back in Paris ripping people off. I, I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> well, listen, um, some fascinating stories, all to be told in the book, um, with a name to be revealed, but we yeah. look forward to seeing it. You'll that. like the name, I yeah. guarantee it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and the key thing is, pop over to the Best Cars of the Year stand. Yeah. Come and have a chat. Uh, come and have a look at some of the cars. And uh, I've, I've mentioned it to you before. There's a car over there that costs about five grand. I'm not going to name it. I'm not plugging it. Sure, sure. Um, officially, it's not even on sale in Britain yet. But I, I, my unscientific research tells me that people are looking at that car. Fab. Uh, more than any other car on the stand. Fab. And that includes the 320 grand McLaren. That we almost lost. Uh, that we almost <laughs> lost. But it was all down to their driver, not us. Uh, Mike Rutherford, thank you so much for getting in the podcast with us, and I'll come and see you on the stand. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the official British Motor Show podcast for 2021, brought to you by the Podcast Guys. We hope to see you in 2022.